Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. So um, we're going to get into this conversation. We're talking about the glory in our family and what that looks like, like the glory in our family and their roles in the relationship. We've been talking about a spirit filled life and what that looks like raising kids, their response to the word of God. And anybody who knows I'm transparent and my relationship with them also is pretty transparent. This is Josiah, my 15-year-old. This is Judah, my 10-year-old. I actually have five sons. My oldest sons are 27, 25, and 23. They are no longer in the house. If you don't know all of my story, I am a widow. And so our life has been quite the journey. And we work, uh, we're continuing a series that we've been doing on living a spirit-filled life and making sure the glory is being gotten out of every relationship. And so we're going to talk about the glory in your home today and your glory from the perspective of a child. And they're just going to speak to you as well from their heart. Uh, Do me a favor, go share the video. We're going to pray and then we're going to get started. We're going to get into the scripture tonight. I hope you got your pens and pencils. This is no different than if we were up at 5 a.m. in the morning. Uh, They'll share some things from their heart with you tonight. So let's pray and let's get started. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for just my family. (laughs) And even though all of my sons are not here and my husband is with the Lord, I am so grateful. I am grateful for what you have given me. I am grateful for the time that you have given me. I am grateful for these boys that you have given me to steward over. I am grateful for the relationship you have given us. And Lord God, I ask tonight that we are mindful of you and everything and that you get the glory out of this conversation and you get the glory out of our relationships. And as we leave here tonight, that we understand better how to parent and kids, how to be better stewards in the relationships where their parent is concerned. Lord God, we thank you that the Holy Spirit is all up in this and that we choose you above absolutely everything. I thank you for the grace that's on my life, the grace that's on my son's life. I ask that you bless our eyes to hear, our eyes to see, our ears to hear, Lord God, and that we are mindful of you in every relationship. Father God, please forgive us for where we have sinned and where we have uh, not uh, made you the center of the relationships and you have not gotten the glory. Give us revelation in your word. Let us have uh, revelation knowledge. Let us be mindful in all things. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus in Jesus name. Amen. So tonight, um, we're just going to share with you about God getting the glory out of our relationship. Our story is very different. My husband went to be with the Lord almost six years ago. Um, but he led this family in faith and he led this family by example. He was not perfect. Our family is not perfect. Uh, but I think probably one of the biggest things that has been significant in our family is our permission, especially for us right now to allow each other to make mistakes. Um, how, um, how, how we've been that way how we've loved each other from a very transparent place, how we've been real honest 
when things have been hard, when things have been difficult, this lighting is still off. Why? When things have been difficult, that we are not overwhelmed by. Um, it's really just that one. Okay, all the crazy things, and we are living according to the truth. You can. He's adjusting lights. We don't like when our lights are out, but it's okay. Uh, according to the truth, and so we are just. Um, I am just um, grateful for this opportunity to share. So let's get in the word today. I want to um, share with you the word we've been studying. We were ending Ephesians 5 and we are transitioning over into Ephesians 6. And a lot of times people read Ephesians 6 as though it's separate from Ephesians 5. Like they treat Ephesians 6 as though it's separate, separate from Ephesians 5, but in all actuality, Ephesians 6, perfect. Ephesians 6 is a part of Ephesians 5. We're still learning to walk in the light. We're still learning to walk by the light. We're still understanding what, how God can get the glory out of this relationship. And if you were a part of us last week, you know that it's sometimes difficult um, to let God get the glory out of each relationship. And so we're going to read Ephesians 6 and 1. Um, we just kind of talk when we talk about the word of God. So we're just going to kind of talk. They'll share where they feel like sharing. If you haven't shared the video, go ahead and share the video. So this is walking in the light and we're fighting the darkness. And we know that fighting the darkness in our house is probably, that's not right. Uh, fighting the darkness in our house is probably one of the most difficult places in which we fight the darkness. And it's important for us to learn how to fight the darkness in our house by faith. It's important for us to learn to fight the darkness in our house through the word of God. Oftentimes we try to fight the darkness based on what the world has told us, based on what people have said um, is success. And it's not necessarily it's not necessarily successful right there. Just leave it right there. It's not necessarily successful. And so what we found in our house that the best success is godly success. And we are learning to manage our life through the word of God. And it's not always easy. It's not easy being a weird family. It's not, it's not easy being a mom who says we're living out this standard based on the word and nothing else, like nothing else. It hasn't been easy. And we still live very practical. We still do a whole lot of different things, but it isn't easy. So let's read the scripture for tonight. Um, I hope those of you who could brought your children with you so that, um, you brought your, uh, no, it's not, it's not about that. It's it's cause it's gotta go somewhere. Thank you for that, Ricky. It's not about that. So it's, it's not easy. Um, it's not easy. Um, the lights have been glaring in my face, y'all pardon. And so it was blinding me and it's hard for me to see, but we're there now. So I had to adjust the lights for a second and when we go back, we'll edit this. So it's not easy, um, living like this especially in a world that is counterculture cultural and doesn't give you permission. It's funny. Like it's for me, I feel like you have sometimes more permission to live according to the world standard, but sometimes you're more isolated when you make a decision that my house is going to be like this. And they'll talk about what it's been like for them to be raised, um, 
for kids in the light. So Ephesians 6, 1 and 3, the spirit-filled life and child relationship. And it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise that it may be well with you and you may live a long life on earth. Children, obey your parents. Um, that's the very first part of this because the command is so simple. Like the command is simple. Paul is saying to us here, if we're going to talk about a spirit filled life and a life um, in the relationship with God, then the very first commandment he gives to kids is children. You need to obey your parents. And it's not just the responsibility of them to obey. It's also the responsibility of me to teach them the word. And last week, if you were on we learned the way that we teach them the word is that we teach them the word by example. So when you hear this scripture, I'm going to ask them to chime in. When you hear the scripture, children, obey your parents, right? In the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise that it may be well with you. You may live along our earth. What is that? What is that for y'all? I mean, like it just, uh... It shows me what my relationship with you like needs to be like and what not like that but what I should live for to do for you, what I wanna do for you, like what I want to honor you and not like that but serve you like and That's thank so good. Sir keywords serve, right? Keywords serve. Cause we've been talking about how do you get the glory out of the relationship, right? How do I do good get deeds? Cause that's what I'm saying. When we talk about God getting the glory out of our relationship, we're talking about, um, good deeds. We're talking about good deeds. He's 15 and he's 10. And so you're saying to you, it's saying, this is how I should serve my mom in the relationship. Oh, wow. Judah. You have so much to say. You don't have anything to say. <laughs> I like that. Well, can you say the question one more time? Sure, I can say the question. So if we say children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right, what does that mean for you? Like when you hear the Lord speaking this to you, because the word speaks loudly, what does this mean to you? Well, this means to me, it could be for like other kids, but like it means to me that you you have to obey your parents. or But you can't just obey God and then not obey your parents because that's wrong. And it says, children, you must obey your parents because God doesn't under, not he understands, but he doesn't understand. How are you, how are you asking me for prayers and obeying me and not obeying your parents though? Yeah, because when you disrespect your parents, you're disrespecting God, right? Because this, this is his word. So he's saying, children, obey your parents. So the command is simple. But as a parent, it's our responsibility to teach our children obedience. That's one of the most important jobs as a parent. Um, because of Adam, we come into the world in sin, right? And it's not unnatural for kids to be disobedient. Think about um, when you get a little kid that's one or two and they snap back or they do things that you are not asked to. So we inherited sin from Adam. So obedience has to be taught, but we have to teach obedience in a way so that children know how to obey God 
even when they don't understand and even then they want to. I'm going to be honest. I, I tell them all the time, this is a totalitarian government. The totality of what I say goes in this house. We can negotiate. We can talk about it. We can talk through almost anything. But at the end of the day, when I give you a rule, I expect that you will obey the rule and not do just what you uh, want to do. What are you going to say? Uh, I was going to say after this, don't j like if they're doing something, don't just go over there and whoop them. Like if you don't even whoop them at all, don't get that like that. But you have to set some ground rules. Like if they said something back to you, you don't have to whoop them, but you have to give them a punishment. Yeah, you got it. So you have to part of the obeying is discipline. Yeah. Part of the obeying is setting ground rules, right? And so disobedience, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Disobedience has to be dealt with quickly. Um, obedience can be learned. But this is one of the most significant things for me that we really want to talk to you guys about tonight is how to rear them in the Lord. Like, how do you rear your children in the Lord? How do you create an atmosphere for them? Because the next part of this scripture is the in the Lord for this is right. So the apostle gives us two reasons for the child to obey the parents. First, they are to obey in the Lord. And this means that their obedience is a part of their Christian obedience, right? It's the same way as the wife should submit to her husband. It's about ranking order. It's about um, order. It's about the fact that God sets a divine order. And if God sets a divine order, then this is the divine order. And parents are responsible for the, for their child and a child's responsibility in the household is to obey their parents. And then the second part of this is it's right for them to obey their parents, right? Just because God said so, it doesn't have to be questioned a lot. Now, there, there's some questions. There's some things we can talk about. We're going to talk about the next part of this scripture that says fathers, um, fathers do not provoke their children because a lot of times as parents, we're provoking our children or we're not necessarily being the light and being the example. And when we're not being the light and being the example, kids will call you on it. Kid, kids will call you on it. Kids know if you're authentic. Kids know if you're at church one way and if you're at home another and kids will look for that. They're looking to see if you're really truly being the example. So it is very hard. I'm just going to be honest, even though the word tells us to do this, it's very hard for a kid to honor their mother and father who does not honor God. It's, it's difficult. It's hard. If you don't honor God, if you don't honor other people, it's going to be really, really, really hard for your kid to honor when you don't teach them honor in the household. We keep expressing that the quickest, the best way to teach them relationship with God is that we lead them in the relationship. And if we be, if we real, real, some of us have had lifestyles and we didn't lead our kids in, in the right direction. I told you guys I had older kids. I had to repent for some of the things that I taught them. I had to repent because we were doing a lot of religious things and not teaching them relationship. And so I feel like they're kind of my second chance that I get to get to let them see the, the, what a life in God looks like versus me lording over them. And so the adult child doesn't owe the parents obedience. So for my adult, my kids who have adult parents who have adult kids, and you still are so overly involved in their life 
They do not owe you obedience, but they do owe you honor. They just need to honor you, but they do not have to obey you. And so we need to be careful because when the bonds of family life break up, when respect for parents fail, then guess what happens? This impacts the community. So Paul promises that this is a commandment and that we need to obey, obey them with the commandment. But in the parent son relationship, Paul is saying to us, Hey parents, I need you to not provoke your children. That's the next part of this is it says fathers and we're going to take it as mothers. Do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So if we say, do not provoke your children unto wrath, then what we're saying is you can't be unkind. You can't be overcritical. You've got to train them, right? You've got to train them. You can never be kind unkind and uncritical. And so there's a two part relationship. And even though we, as the parents are the adults, like we're the adults in the relationship, we're still supposed to submit ourselves to God in the relationship, not provoking, not being overcritically, not being unkind. When you are overcritical and when you are unkind, you are in fact tormenting your child. You are, are you a termite? And some of us have been so hard, like they have been so, we have been so hard on our children because a lot of things that we learned, we learned culturally in parenting. And because we learn these things culturally in parenting, we begin to pass things, these things on from generation to generation. And it's done more damage than it has good. And so harsh parenting doesn't turn a child away, a, a child to the Lord. Harsh parenting, in fact, turns a child away from the Lord and it gives unnecessary justification to a child's natural rebellion. So anytime you are a harsh parent, you're giving them justification of why they should be rebellious because they see a different rebellion in you. They don't see you honoring the next part of this scripture, which says, you know what? I'm not gonna provoke you. I'm not gonna be overcritical. I'm gonna raise you in the admonition of the Lord. It's not do as I tell you to do, is I'm going to be the loving, kind, amazing example that I need to be. Because the ultimate thing is, you wanna teach them how to fall in love with Christ. Like you want to teach them to choose to have a relationship with God. You don't want to teach them to hate God or to not want to have a relationship with God or to turn away from God. And I'm going to be honest. I was so punitive in some places in my life because I thought I needed to be the disciplinarian because I was raising boys and you got to be strong and you got to be hard and you need to be hard on them because the world going to be hard on them. No, as their mother, I need to learn how to love them, how to support them, how to be kind to them, how to groom them as their father. You don't need to provoke them. And if this is in the scripture, it's in this scripture for a reason. And the next part of that says, bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord, right? That when we talk about training them, we got to encourage them and we can rebuke them, but this needs to look different. This is a responsibility for fathers and we fathers are supposed to set the spiritual example for their children that we, they are the spiritual head of the household and fathers are supposed to set the experience, the, the spiritual example for the children. And so we're 
we're, what do we do if there's no father in place? If there's no father that's setting the spiritual example for the children, what do we do? And we can talk about that um, in just a second. But it's so important that we understand that if we're going to be light in the family, right? We light, you're light, I'm light, we're going to be light. If we're going to be if we're going to be light in the family, then we got to learn how do we submit? And the very first thing is we submit our family relationship to God. Like we submit our family relationship with God. We understand more than anything that God needs to get the glory out of our relationships. And it's not, um, well, I provide for you and that's not relationship that that's not that that's not relationship at all. So, um, one of the biggest things that I've been learning how to do is parent sons, right? I have five sons and how to turn their hearts towards the Lord so that they are not hardened and so that they can walk into the fullness of who God called them to be. Because whether you realize it or not, you speak purpose into them. You speak life into them. Their, your relationship with them is going to be a determining factor of what happens next. So last October, God put a mandate on me to be very intentional with them. And one of the things that he said to me is, I want you to be consumed with them. Like, I want you to make them your top priority. They have, they, and, and I've always, they've always been important, but I had to deny myself and I had to deny the things that I thought I was, was important and give them exactly what God told me to give them. One of the things that I know we are, we don't do well is we don't petition God about our children. We don't petition God about the mission of our families. And we don't spend enough time asking God, what does Josiah need? What did Judah need? And so God told me last October, he said, I want you to become very intentional. I want you to focus. And so I had to deny my flesh. I had to deny myself. I had to deny some things that I wanted to do in order to position myself for what God was asking me to do as their mother. That doesn't mean I don't discipline. That don't mean that, but that's, that's, that's just kind of what God put me on. And since then I've seen our relationship grow. And since then I've watched them grow closer in Christ. I've, I've watched them grow closer in Christ. Last summer, Judah pro preached his first sermon. Um, Josiah, I've seen him grown by leaps and bounds, but it's because I've been allowing God to orchestrate the relationship and not me and not what I thought was a successful relationship. And so, um, I don't know. Y'all can ask us questions. Josiah can share something. Judah can share something if he wants. Do you have something you want to share? You do? Okay. You nervous? That's okay. Um, right here. Um, as she was saying that you have to be kind and loving, like you can't just, how she was saying, I raised you, I care for you and everything. So in first Corinthians. Because before you start reading that, what did you tell me? You said children don't respond to what? Well, not like this, but hide voices are yelling because they take that totally different and be like why would why did I why did you yell yell at me and like they get all sad because you have no reason to yell at, yell at them or like if she yelled at me she really had no reason to and she knows that 
but understand on why they're yelling, but they really shouldn't. Because do you hear me when I yell? Yes. But did you hear the message? Did it make you want to obey me because I yelled? No. You're saying no, no. right? Yelling didn't make, doesn't make you want to obey me, right? Yelling is one of my least favorite things. It, it makes me borderline block you out. So you're not receiving anything from me if I'm yelling. No, really. Even and like I'm if like, a teacher, not the teachers have yelled at me. I'm sorry, but like if they have yelled, I just I know I have to learn. But sometimes I just block out everything they say. Yeah, because you're not responding. Now share what you wanted to share. I wanted to share First Corinthians thirteen twelve the thirteen fourth verse thirteen fourth verse. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It it not puffed up. Does not be behave. behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in in bears. Oh, rejoice in the truth. Rejoice in the truth, but rejoices in the truth. In iniquity, I'm sorry, mommy. But sorry. rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Yeah, and so that's First Corinthians 13. And did you want to expound on that? Because I know that's a really big deal for you. Yeah, like your kids need love every day, even if they, even like if you yell at them, they most likely don't want you to bother them. Or, like, hug them or love on them. But do it anyway because they're going to love it. And they might not tell you, but they're going to love it. Yeah, they're going to love it anyway. So even if they're acting unlovely, love on them anyway. So even when you're mad at me, I need to hug and kiss you anyway, right? And I'm just going to be honest. We do discipline in this house. And one of the things that I do when I discipline them, um, if it has to end in a spanking, then I always hug love and he's allowed to come sit in my lap and they sit up under me because my love, my, the action doesn't separate my love from them. And that's what he's saying that the action, whether you're mad or upset, it never needs to separate your love from them. You need to deal with the action and not them as a person. Victoria says, I'm a very active grandmother. What's the biggest piece of ice you can give me as being a key part in my grandson's or grandchildren's lives? Um, following their parents' rules. Like, here's the reality. Um, and depending on whether or not how involved that could be a special situation, you still need to honor their parents in the situation because at the end of the day, they're their parents. But if you're the spiritual, like they're not spiritual and you are, you, you need to prayer more than anything but honoring what that parent's desires are and not bullying and not pushing your way through or not trying to tell them how to parent their kids, but positioning yourself as a grandmother in prayer. Um, I have grandsons and I have to be mindful of that. Yes, sir. Well, I saw Alyssa's uh, comment. Uh -huh. comment. Uh, as you were saying, sometimes you have to go give them a hug and not express if you don't want to, but sometimes express how you feel and say, can you don't have to be like authoritative, but you have to be like, hey, dad or mom, can you please not yell at me? Because it really doesn't help. 
at all. That's good. If you yell at me, cause that's good. It seems like you don't really not love me, but like it seems like you get less and less um, patient with me. Oh, that's like, good, Judah. You don't really want to talk to me. Oh, so when a parent, oh, that's good, Judah. So if a parent feels is not as patient and does not want to talk to the kid, then you're saying that sends a message that makes you feel like that you don't love me. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, 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 that, that, that's big. When really as parents, we're probably trying to deal with the anger of the situation. But what we haven't done is we haven't separated you from the, the problem. We're keeping you and the problem as one when we need to separate you from the problem. That's what you're saying. I need to separate you from the problem. I need to make sure you and the problem are separate. That's that. Yes, that's good. Um, I'm just going to call you Miss Shayla. Miss Shayla. Yeah. Ms. Shayla, as you were saying, they put up a wall. We also kind of do even teenagers they kind of put up a wall have spread its space and kind of don't want to talk to you because especially as teens self-consciousness is already one of our biggest issues say that again self-consciousness is, is already a big one of our biggest issues okay and so feeling Ooh. like our parents don't love us it's gonna be hard it's gonna make us shut you out and especially somebody who especially if you got somebody with some attitude that's that's gonna be a real shut up and if you're not there we gonna start seeking the approval from other people and that's how we get caught up and stuff so, so because you're already self-conscious then we need to be mindful of how we're treating you. And it doesn't mean we don't discipline and it doesn't mean we, need. you need the, you're say it again. We need the discipline. Yeah, but, but it's how we discipline that leads you in a place where you don't feel more self-conscious, right? So we can't put you down. We gotta be open to listen, right? Like, yeah, I know you have to discipline, but as you discipline them, you have to think of loving words that you have to say after and be like hey I, I took away this or I whoop you but I love you almost how God loves you and yeah. I will love you always and you just have to pray about that and your love and keep with God so you can love them more and be patient with them that's good where you did you did you have something else to say and and so if you're just tuning in we're just talking about God getting the glory out of our relationships um, I think for us as well, and I'm just going to, we're going to just start speaking from the heart and I'm going to give you some scriptures. One of the biggest things that I um, know without a doubt is because we've experienced loss, we are very careful in our relationship with each other. Um, we have made our relationship with each other um, one of the safest place because it is just... It is just us, right? Our, my older sons are gone. And so one of the things that I have provided for them as a parent, as a very safe place for them to be able to talk to me about absolutely anything. I'm talking about anything. I don't care. I don't care if our bodies are changing, like for them to be able to talk to me about absolutely everything because I need to be the safe place. But we also, we know that 
like we know what it's like to lose and we don't want to spend 30 seconds. Like we don't stay mad long because we don't want to spend 30 seconds in a situation in which, um, we're mad at each other and then something happens. What were you going to say? But yeah, as Miss Andrea uh, said, they have to be the, uh, you, they have to know that you're the safe space. And that they know you still love them and you're the safe place. Yeah. And that no matter what my love from you, no matter what you've done, my love from you doesn't change. Right? My love for you doesn't change. Uh-huh. What are you going to say? Because if not, the safe places become other things. And the safe places become your peers and the safe place become... Social media, drugs. And anything else that the enemy will utilize in order for you to get the safety you need or to feel secure you need because we don't we didn't offer you the security at home because many of us parent based on what we were culturally taught to be good parenting when in fact we may not even have a door of opportunity open for them to feel safe let's talk for a minute about your relationships with god right um, and how you, you've developed your relationships with God. Um, at first in my first set of parenting, I'm going to be honest, I really lorded over my children and their relationship with God. I thought training them up looked a little different, right? I thought training them up was you got to do this. Now there, as for me and my house, we going to serve the Lord. That's not an option. If we don't, we, we if me and my house, we going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. That's that, that, that's, that's what we're going to do. And so I, one of the biggest things is teaching them to fall in love with God has just been me falling in love with God for me. Right. And, um, probably because Josiah is older, I have seen it in him, um, I'm going to say, I will answer Ricky. Uh, do you ever feel like your mom and dad? I raised three girls, some of them time by myself. And they always tell me that I was their dad and mom. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second, Ricky. We'll get to And so one of the things that I have learned is it's not so much as me telling them. It's as much as them seeing me love God with all my heart. And Josiah and I were talking about that earlier, his relationship with God and will you just share with them what you shared with me? Like, um... And my kids are different. Like, they're different. <laughs> I mean, I had to learn to separate it from you. Oof. And that we couldn't be in a relationship all three, not like that, but all three together. <sighs> that you could be a leader spiritually for me, but not lead me. You get what I'm saying? Lead me, like... I do no part in getting myself to God. Only you take me there. Ooh. I had to learn to find him myself and to seek after him. And, and it's not been easy. No. <laughs> yeah. It started slowly and it took really making the choice that I want God for my life. And I want him to be because I need him. And so in that, what were some of the things that you started doing for yourself? Because I never asked. You started honestly blowing my mind. <laughs> like you started blowing my mind because you were like, can you make sure I'm up at six o'clock? 
And I was like, what do you need to be up at six o'clock for? And you were like, I need to study. So what, what was going on with you when that happened? Um, I mean, I was trying to get past all my, everything, like anything that was, I was dealing with. Um, it also, I mean, it, because <laughs> uh, um, you're know, dealing with some stuff we know yeah, that we yeah, got to go into yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like still it, i wanted to get past yeah and i knew i couldn't and it took me a while but i knew i couldn't get past it in myself that only god could do that for me so it started by devotionals every morning yeah and then it just slowly just, and it was, it wasn't, you know, every morning, but it slowly went from devotionals to make sure I was confessing every morning. And then that helped me lean into reading the word on my own with not, you know, not just devotionals. Yeah. Cause getting in that meat of that word was more significant to devotionals. And I think that's when I saw some stuff transform for you because you are very critical of yourself, right? <laughs> and you are very condemning on yourself. And when you don't get stuff right, it would take, it would become so personal to you, but then it wouldn't help you overcome it. For me, it just seemed like it helped you go into a darker space. But now I've been seeing the liberty and freedom in you in Christ Jesus. And the process with Judah is a little different. Judah doesn't love God with, God with all his heart, but we had to find Judah a devotional he could use, right? Something that he was interested in. He's a sports kid, something that was short. But also Judah started feeling the pressure to preach or feeling like he's hearing God. Josiah hears God very, not imperfectly, but very well. And he also dreams. Judah is learning to hear the voice of God. And that has been a process for him within itself. But I do not lord over them. It's, it's relationship. It's important for them to understand their relationship with Christ by watching me, watching my relationship with Christ. And that's probably been for me, the biggest gift that I have given them is to love the Lord God with all my heart, <laughs> with all my might and to lean not into my own understanding. I'm going to be honest with you. Anytime I've seen them off kilter, I'm probably off kilter. I'm just going to be honest. I'm, I'm probably off kilter. Like if they're off kilter, I'm probably off somewhere. I'm probably somewhere involved in something. I don't have just, I just not spending my time. Like if I don't spiritually center us, it is my responsibility in the household to center, to spiritually center our household. We don't have a husband. Now back to Ricky. I don't, I don't feel like I'm their mom and their dad. And I don't think they feel like I'm their mom or their dad either. I think they know me Judas saying no. I think they know me just to be their mom because I can never be their dad. Right. And Jojo got, what were you going to say? Jojo got to experience some of my husband. Judah was saying today, I did not get that much time with dad. But when he prays, he still prays for a dad because he knows that's like an intricate component of having a family. What were you going to say? And I know that I still need a, a father, but I also trust that anything, any wisdom I need, God could also give you that to yes. give to me. Yes. Or, I mean, I could get it myself, but I know if I need help, God could use you 
to help talk to me until there is a father in place. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we, we try to do that, um, on a consistent, constant basis. We were up talking the other night, you know, we were, and he told me, he said something the other night and it almost melted my heart. He was like, man, I love talking to you. And I was like, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because you want to be able to hear that as a parent. What were you going to say? Well, I'm talking like he was saying he had to get up at six. You don't necessarily have to get up super early, but as me for like my age or younger who are in God, kind of like I am, sometimes I'm off some days and I'm not mad at my mom, but like I can't figure out some of the stuff she says. (laughs) So I'm kind of confused and like, I don't know what to do and I'm kind of mad at her. But you kind of, you still, you still have to stay in the word more than you usually do. I, cause you know, like on Saturday, please just try when you wake up, do that first. It doesn't even have to be long. You could just pray and look at one scripture and do, go on with your business. But like, you really need to get in God's word. That's going to push you through every day and everything that's going to help. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. And usually when he's off, he'll say, I'll say, what's wrong? I put the accountability back on him and I'll say, what's wrong? And he'll say, I haven't been in my word. Like I haven't been in my word. He puts the responsibility back on himself. He doesn't say to me, you're my problem. (laughs) He says to me that you, you, I need to get myself back in my word. Uh, one of the things I started doing was praying for God to give me the wisdom for them in every circumstance and situation, praying that I am slow enough. But I told you, I said this the other day and I meant this. I don't know why we think parenting is not enough ministry for us. And sometimes we will be attached to so many other places that we won't be fully present where our kids are concerned. And present means that like if you were dating someone or married, present means I'm turning outside, turning off the world and focusing my time and attention on you. And a lot of times we're not present in those relationships. Can y'all just share what it means for me to be present like at your school present? And I know some of you work differently, so it's harder, but you can create present moments after work. Can you express what it means like or how important it is for you to be present? Because again, we're talking about the glory and the glory is gotten in relationship through deeds, right? Through deeds. Yeah. I mean, it's meant everything to me. Um, (laughs) I'm not going to (laughs) cry. Okay. (laughs) I know I have needed you. You are the only person in the house, and you help me through everything. And you lead, and you stay strong. And but you showed us to be not like that, but to how to be weak and to be broken, and to let God fix you. And I know life would probably look different for me if I did not have it. Okay. I didn't know we were going to do that. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to do that. Okay. Judah, what were you going to say? So, 
not like this, but if your kid has a game or something, try to be there. Like, one time my mom missed a game, and I said I would be fine, but I kind of wanted her to be there, but I wanted her to still do Bible study. Like, it was on a Tuesday. But, like, I still felt kind of sad that she wasn't there. But little things mean everything to children. Like, even if they're little, little things. Like, if you got off work and you just came to um, their school and picked them up, that means everything to them. Just do, it doesn't even have to be big. Just do little things for them, and they don't even have to tell you. But it means everything to them. Being there matters. <laughs> Being intentional matters. Um, that is so important. Um, let's speak to the kids, y'all, about when your parents discipline them and how they should respond. Just because they're kids that are watching. Speak to them about how they should respond. Um, do not... Like, do not get disrespectful. Do, you don't even necessarily have to voice it, but at least come to terms that you might not like it. Um, but do not let that consume you or take you to anger or cause you to be disrespectful. But, I, I, like, realize that it, you don't like it and that um, you might even be, like, a little bit hurt about it. But then you need to try to remember that they're, that it's for you. It is to help you. It is for your benefit. It is not against you. That's and good. You just remember that they love you. And if you need them, just don't talk to them and tell them that it's hard. But ask them to help. And parents, provide a place for your kids to say to you. Um, provide a kids a place for your kids to be able to say I don't like that I don't like that doesn't mean it's disrespectful that's not what it means provide a place for them to be able to say I don't like how you did that how you handled that how you said that like provide that space for them to be able to say it um not from a dis is not necessarily disrespectful but provide the place for them to be able to be like look I don't like how you handled that. Jojo was trying to negotiate going with his friends Friday night. I'm sure he probably didn't like my decision of no, <laughs> did you? But we had had a long week. He was tired and I had to make an executive decision. But one of the things that we have purpose to do is we have purpose to release each other real quickly so that we don't harbor any ill feelings. And then if they're holding something, I usually force them to talk. I'm like, you need to give it up so we can move past it. I can tell you're being snippy. You're being snappy. Yes, sir. So this is for my kids, maybe about even preteens, maybe teens, 12 and younger. Just you 10, be 10. Kids. Yes, yes. So I don't want to say this, but I have to. Yeah. Parents. Don't take this personally. Even my mom, you don't take this personally. So, <laughs> but, um, as I, like, even if, like, you've whooped me. Mm -hmm. I have spanked you. Yes. 
and I've cried, yeah. but you wouldn't let me cry. Oh, that's good. And Come on, that, help you. Help and us. That kind of hurts. Help us. Because it seems like, how can I not cry? All the times I've seen you cry through everything else, and that I can't cry, and I'm hurt. Even though if, the woman might not even hurt, like from the outside, but from the inside, you're hurt. And I can't cry. <laughs> Judah, you just spoke so real, and you are right. And I apologize for any time that I've disciplined you and said, and I think I've been better about that, right? But that's big that we, like, after you discipline you, we're like, okay, now suck it up, right? Yes. And we cannot tell you to, I see it, we mm -hmm. cannot tell you to suck it up when it it pains you, right? Okay, that's, that's what, what you're saying. Because, okay. like, sometimes even, I'm just saying, all parents, and they keep crying, but they really can't stop. They say, what is what? You want more? Do you want more? Like, do you want more of a whooping? Stop crying. Ooh. But you can't stop. Ooh. You inside and out. Ooh. 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 Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Come on, Judah. Come on. Come on. The thing is, like, I'm just saying, every kid has been through that even if they got in the whooping. Even like you might not even expect it from your parents. They've gone through that and been like, you want more? Stop crying. Wow. But you really can't. Wow. That's the thing. Wow. You've been hurt so many times. Even if something else not even with your parents happened, you've still been hurt from that and you haven't let it go and given it to God. So the whooping inside and out, you have to cry. I, when your ten year old blow you away and your fifteen year old blow you away, that's probably one of y'all. That was one of the realest things we do. That we teach y'all to shut up emotionally. And then you said something big to me. You're like, Mom, you cry in front of us all the time. You exhibit pain in front of us all the time. And so I should be able to exhibit exhibit pain. I think it was Deshay that asked, How do we know the difference between seeking attention and not seeking attention? All kids want attention. Like all kids want attention. I think it's making sure that we give them the right attention, that they're getting the attention that they need, period. When you give kids the right attention, um, then they won't scream for attention. And I'm going to give you a personal example. When my husband left, I was broken. Ain't no lying. Ain't no pretending. Uh, I really didn't like being at home because the house reminded me of him way too much. It was just so many different things. Two things occurred. My oldest son, I was on him about something and I was like, uh, my, well, not my oldest, my 17 year old at that time. I was like on him. I'm like, you never want to be at home. And he said, why 
Why do I, why do I want, why should I be at home when you don't want to be at home? You don't act like you want to be around here. We're hurting too. So when he said that to me, it blew me away. Like it blew me away. The second thing that I noticed when we were dealing with, uh, the, when, when we were dealing with attention, Josiah kept asking for us to have family dinner together. We were not like I was feeding them and then I was working or I was going about doing some things. I started being intentional with having family dinner. When I started doing that, he stopped acting like he was starving for attention. Do you remember that? Do you realize that? Like once I started doing dinner as a family, making sure we were eating as a family, he stopped asking me and he stopped acting like he was starved for attention. When you have multiple kids, it's difficult sometimes, but becoming intentional with them, intentional with little things, finding out ways how to make them feel special will change attention seeking behavior. When kids are starved for attention, they're going to do things to give attention. It doesn't matter. It's putting your cell phone off, turning the TV off, um, making sure that you're present and making them feel important. Um, one of my, one of the things that I do, if I'm on the phone with friends and say, let me go be a parent, I gotta go. Like I gotta go. And I try to shut down when they get home. I'm not always perfect in it right now. I'm growing in it because I know it's important for me to be available to them at home. What are you going to say? I'm just setting an example. If anybody's seen Cheaper by a Dozen One, the kid didn't, um, he didn't get enough attention and they were calling him names. Uh, they were calling him FedEx and they were being mean. And the parents didn't give him enough ch attention. So he ran away to be, and they just moved. So he ran away to be where he wanted to be. And he he didn't get enough attention, so he had to show out. To he wanted to understand if they loved him or not, so he showed out and escaped. And he figured it out; they actually did love him. Yeah, Alyssa said something. My niece is on here. She says parents set an example for their children. They do. Period. Parents set an example for your children. Whatever you do, they're gonna mimic you. They're gonna mock you. They're gonna act like you. They're gonna love like you. They're gonna live like you. Unless they got something mentally going on, your kids are little bitty yous. And the thing with attention is concerned. I always tell them, I would rather give you all the attention at home. There's nothing else that I have to do more important than them. Like I, there's nothing else that I have to do that's more important to them than them. And so if I can't pause to give them what they're needing, then I'm missing the first ministry, which is them. Like they're my first ministry. My husband is my, was my ministry. I stopped things for my ministry. So last year when God said to me, Hey, I need you to focus in on them. And I was missing money. I was missing opportunities. I missed speaking engagements. I missed, um, supporting friends when I really wanted to support them, but I couldn't because God told me to set my affection towards them but I watched them grow in so many areas and it was a sacrifice for me, right? It was, but that's part of the parenting. That's part of the good deeds. That's part of the getting the glory. It's not nothing you're doing that's more important than you being a parent.
and being a parent the way that God wants you to be a parent, not being a parent the way that you think you need to parent. You got to be sensitive to, to what and who, um, they are. You got to pray and ask God about their purpose. You got to pray and ask God to give you wisdom for them. You got to pray and ask God for clarity and direction. Just like you would bathe your business in prayer, just like you would bathe your ministry in prayer, you have to turn around and break, bathe your role as a parent. You got to discipline them. They're supposed to honor. But this scripture, Ephesians 6 and 1, is not for you to lord over them. You will teach them how to honor you by the way you honor God, by the way you honor your parents. If you have a dysfunctional parent uh, relationship with your parent, it will probably be difficult. It will, right? And so you got to probably go forgive and release that relationship so that you can be what you need to be with them, be to them. Now, it's got to be balanced in all this. And I can do a whole, we're going to get off here. I could do a whole lot of different teachings on different things like organization and keeping them balanced. And what, what we do, we do family devotional together. We do family prayer together. I usually take them absolutely everywhere I go when I preach. Um, when I'm out serving the community, I take them with me. Um, I don't feel like parenting is a burden. And so I don't treat, I don't treat it as a burden. Like I don't treat parenting as a burden. They know that I love them intensely and they've seen it by, um, they've seen it by example. So if we're going to be good deeds, if we're going to honor, if we're going to walk out and we're going to see the spirit filled life, then this is what it looks like. And then it's my job to train them. It's my job to correct them. It's my job to d discipline them. It's my job to help them understand what's necessary in a relationship with the Lord and bring them up in the Lord. And since I've given my life to Christ and I made God the center of everything, I've watched all my relationships around me get whole, be healed and grow in a capacity in a way like I've never seen before. Though that's, that's good feedback. That's, that's good questions. This has been good, um, di dialogue. I, I do love being a mom and I don't feel like being a mom is burdensome. I enjoy them. I enjoy being in a relationship and that's even for my older kids. We have a very good relationship, not a perfect relationship, but a very, very good relationship. And they know that without a doubt, their mother loves them. Anything else y'all want to share before we get out of here? Um, I know it's hard to be like a mom and a dad, but I just kind of want to say, can you ask your kid, how does it feel to be a kid? Because it's hard to be a kid and obey your parents every single time. Like I was saying, as the yelling thing, it's hard to be a kid and understand everything about life because you don't really understand you know how to be a kid, but, like, being a kid doesn't suck. But, like, sometimes you feel that way when parents get to do something that you're not going to be able to do at all. That's good. So we need to spend more time asking you about what it's like to be a kid as well and not assuming. What were you going to say, Josiah? Really going off that, especially with teens. Yeah. Um, 
even though you might not, even though, and it's, it might not seem as troublesome, or it might not seem as real to you, whatever we are going through is 100% real to us. Oh, that's good. So no when you're in love, seen. breaking up, mad or whatever, that's still important. <sighs> yeah. And sometimes we take your stuff and as it's nothing, right? But it's everything to you guys. And we have to be more sensitive to that, especially since in high school, one of the things we were sharing earlier is how kids, people don't know, kids don't really know how to be themselves these days because of the amount of peer pressure. And so how do I be an outlier and stand on the outside, right? And how do I learn to fall in love with myself, all my quirkiness? I remember something my son said earlier. Um, he, My older son, we were talking and he's like, man, y'all used to be so upset about our hair. And he was right. Like some of the things that we thought were necessary to make them successful were not necessarily necessary to make them successful. So now hair is the least of my worries. Like, I'm not worried about your hair. I'm worried about your heart, right? I'm worried about how you love others. I'm worried about how you care for others. I'm worried about how you treat others. I'm worried about um, whether or not you, um, um, you know, that's Mr. Casey. He said, y'all grown so much, take care of mom. I'm worried about your compassion for others. I'm worried about your service towards others. This is the last thing. <laughs> Right. This is the last thing that I'm worried about. Right. Because you have so many other things that you're fighting and you're battling. And so I didn't get that at first. And my son said that he said some of the self-expression you guys just weren't allowing us to do. And I was like, man, we weren't. But it was because we were brought up with old school parents who said, if you don't look a certain way, you're not going to be successful. Right. When success, the measurement of success doesn't look anything in Christ like it does in this world at all like at all and so I choose my battles I choose what's important I'm looking to see that their heart um and how much they love and how much compassion co compassion they have towards each other and towards to uh towards other people um anything else anything else um not really. Okay. Anything else, Jojo? Anything else? Uh, the, the parenting relationship, we just wanted to give you a glimpse and let, I really wanted them to be able to share some things from you. Um, they are really honorable boys. They're not perfect. God didn't say we had to be perfect or we wouldn't need Christ. Right. But they honor me and I feel it. Um, a few weeks ago, Judah walked in and he said, um, I was laying on the bed. I really wasn't feeling good. It was a few months ago. And he said, thank you for pushing. Do you remember telling me that? And I said, what do you mean? And you said, because you're, you're, it's just you and you've been doing everything since dad is gone. So things like that fill my cup up, right? They fill my cup up. What were you going to say? Did you have anything else? Anything to the teens or preteens? Um, be you. I guess, yeah, really. That's what <laughs> I know he's going to say that. Be you and parents allow that. Yeah. I mean, you know, with, you know, Christian boundaries, but allow them to be themselves. That has been 
probably one of the most freeing things, not like that, but like in my relationship with God, because I was allowed to just, I wasn't trying to look based off you. I was going to be able to be myself and find my own, my own way with God. Yeah. And not your way and how you did things. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not, not like that way. You know, I have, yeah. we have said, you know, same personality attributes. But yeah. I'm a different person. I'm, I'm an artist. I, I draw you. Yeah. Um, I'm a different artist. Yeah. I write. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a musician. So it's not things, everything spiritual is not going to look exactly the same for us. Correct. It, it's different. It's going to different. And yeah. it's going to come out different. Yeah. But I think, too, if we foster that in home, then it makes you stronger out there. Would you agree? Yes. Because you stand out different from your friends, right? <laughs> and w- when you used to care. I don't. Now you like, oh, well, right? Yeah. And you don't feel lonely or sad and God has given you good friends, right? I think that's big. Anything else, Judah? Yes. I was going to say. Okay. I was going to say, um, I know it's hard for grown-ups to be Christians, but it's really hard for kids and some teenagers because, like, even if you go to a private school or a Christian school, like we, I go to a Christian, they still have different stuff that my mom won't allow us to do. And that I think it's fun and I want to see, but it's very hard because you still want to obey your parents and be a Christian. But like, sometimes you feel like you want to do like one thing. That's outside of your family rules. That's good. So that's hard for y'all. And we have to be understanding of that, right? And I think we have to make sure we cover your hearts properly. And that we explain that we don't just tell you don't do it. We explain to you why we don't need you to do it, right? Like most of the stuff you say, I I do understand why you say. Um, I'm not gonna say this, but like, can I say it? What? Um, she won't let me watch anything on TikTok. Like, like if one of my friends have TikTok and they have it. On like their mom's phone, she won't let me watch anything. I won't, and I'm not gonna change my mind about no, that. No, I know, but like. <laughs> and why won't I? Why? What am I protecting? Cause I know like some stuff that's on there. Yeah. But like, I know I understand, but sometimes, like I was saying, you kind of just want to do it. Yeah, because everybody else is doing it, right? But it's my job to protect you spiritually. And it's my job to guard you against things that this world would try to offer you as being normal. Because if the world presents it to you as being normal, you become desensitized to it when God, when the word of God is saying something totally different about it, right? Totally. The word is saying something on a whole different level, right? Because if, I mean, if you push it, we'll learn it in time. Right? <laughs> Um, yeah right you're learning you're learning I, I mean no social media yeah because you is, don't and you I chose know, it know, right yes. yeah you chose no social media right and i know i don't need it it's, yeah it's 
it ain't time for it. Yeah. And your friends have told you that too. Don't get it. That is distracting. Your friends have said, who have it have said to you, you don't need it. It's distracting. And so you made a decision. I don't want social media because I don't want to be distracted. Let me say, uh, let me say this last thing because, um, Victoria, you asked, um, something big and in that relationship, just make sure that you're fostering a healthy relationship between your grandkids and their parents. Make sure you're leading, give them a safe place to talk to you, but at the same time, make sure that they're honoring their parents at all costs, like honoring their parents. Also, this is how the glory, this is just some of it. This isn't all of it. We just wanted to give you this from our perspective, but this is how God gets the glory out of your, um, relationships, right? This is how God gets the glory, um, and submitting and them honoring and me not provoking. Right. And I think Judah and Josiah both gave us something good and gave your kids. We're going to get out of here so we can get ready for the morning. We'll be back on the devotional in the morning and we're going to continue our trek through Ephesians because we're fighting a battle that's spiritual. And if we ever realize that then the mission or the relationship between us becomes different. It doesn't look like a lording relationship. It has balance and it has God in the center of absolutely everything we're doing. Shayla said, your mom is providing a covering because you are entering ministry on a level that social media could cause contamination in your ministry. Thank you, Shayla. And, and he gets that and he understands that. He didn't at first, I think, but now he does. And I thank y'all for that. Um, we're going to pray and we're going to get out of here. Feel free to email mail us, log on to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com. Consider being a partner with this ministry. Part of the, 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 the foundation is restoration for families. Get the gospel throughout the world. Um, preach. We're in Ephesians. Um, I was going to give you some scriptures, but I'll, I gave and shared those the other day. But you know, without a doubt, what the word says, go to the word and get the scriptures about what the word says on raising your children. Don't use the world as the standard. Josiah, are you going to pray? Let's go. Dear Lord, we thank you just for allowing us to come here, Lord, allowing just for your will to be done, Lord, and that we are healing relationships for your glory, for your will, that parents and children are growing a strong, strong bond and that everybody is learning to grow and who they are in Christ, Lord. I pray for um, every kid that is on here, Lord, that they learn how to live their lives in you, Lord, and that um, their parents, they get to trust in you for the wisdom and how to raise them, Lord, and that you use them and grow them in their lives to give them the example. We thank you just for how much you love us, Lord, just for um, how much you protect and provide for us. We thank you just for um, all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love y'all so much, but more than anything, you know that God loves you. And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and your Savior, we want to introduce you to Jesus. The reason that I'm able to parent, the reason that they are able to be the kids that they are is because Jesus took over our lives and we accepted him as Jesus Christ. You got to first just admit I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. We're sinners served by grace, saved by grace. I'm a sinner. <laughs> I'm a sinner. And then you just need to say, Jesus, I need to make you Lord over my life. Let's get you baptized. Let's get you discipled so that you can grow in grace and so that you can walk into the fullness of who God called you to be. Parents, 
Be okay with being different. Be okay with requiring your kids to be different. Ask the Lord for the standard. Lord, what is the standard for? Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.